You got your mama's sunshine. You got your daddy's rain. You're like a piece of heaven in a hurricane. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast. Uh, Christmas is over and we're looking at the new year. Uh, you know, New Year's is funny. You, some of us, we do New Year's resolutions. I definitely see New Year as a time to uh, start over, start fresh. Not start over, I shouldn't say that. It's a time to tweak what needs to be tweaked and to, to do better, right? I always right. look back at this time of year and I think, okay, this year... Uh, you know, started off this way, ended this way. Uh, what did I do right this year that I want to double down on? What did I not do well, uh, you know, that I want to fix? And so um, what do you guys think about New Year's resolutions? Well, you know what? Pastor Tom knows this as well as I do. But people on New Year's, uh, they make all these resolutions. And we'll usually see our gymnasiums packed with people for four to six weeks. Is that right, Tom? And it, then they, they're gone. It is. People overcommit, don't you think, Pastor? I mean, they that's do one of the big thing is, like, I'm going to do it all now. Yeah. And I think that is something as you go into the new year, you have to really consider what is doable, what what is achievable, right. because that's all, all you can, can really do. Well, speaking as Pastor Tom Touchstone, he was uh, Mr. California back in the 80s, yeah. and uh, he was... Very disciplined and very, and today we're talking about passion mm -hmm. and what fuels you to live the life that you are called to live or that God has envisioned for you. And, um, and Tom, you've been through a life that you envisioned for yourself and then you got saved and then your, your life changed, but you kind of took from what I saw and what you correct me if I'm wrong, you took that passion for, you know, what you used to be passionate about and you put it toward uh, living for God. How has it changed? Well, you, you know, what, what, what I always say, Josh, is um, it's the purpose. Purpose, I think, is input, passion's output. Mm. So my purpose was as I wanted to be the best bodybuilder that I could be. Mm. And that fueled passion. So that's good. I like that right there because how many of us even think about what our purpose is, right? Yeah, but, but, but Tom is a, com a passionate person, period. Mm. Now, this is a very uh, good time to ask a question. Are some people just born to be more passionate than others? I mean, I look at Tom, and no matter what he does, he's passionate. He was passionate. He became uh, the best uh, for Mr. California, had every muscle tweaked. It was, you know, he had to really concentrate in each one. Then when he came into the ministry and started serving God, he became really passionate about that. And I don't see him doing anything he's not really passionate about. So are some people more prone to be passionate people than others, do you think? Yeah, I was on the road the other day. It was a while back, actually, and there's this guy in a truck behind me, and uh, the the, the uh, light turned green, and I'm not kidding. It was a whole three seconds, and the guy started <laughs> slamming on his horn and started, you know, fisting in the air, and I thought, that guy's passionate, Is he, yeah. right? And so, a bad anger problem. Exactly. So passion can go either direction, and, I yeah, I do think it is personality-driven. I, I really do. I think that... Some people are louder and some people are quieter. And what bothers me, I think, is when, um, you know, growing up in church, you, you know, you have a funny culture. You have like testimony night and somebody will get up and they'll share their testimony. And um, if you see that as their story and you get excited about that for them, that's good. But if you see somebody that's really passionate and you're not really like you're kind of more of a quiet person, it, it's kind of intimidating because you kind of feel like you have to live up to that standard. You know, there's loud people that uh, that think you should be loud like them. There's quiet people that think you shouldn't be loud, that right. you should be quiet like them. There's people that, uh, you know, um, live life very reserved. You see, you go into a restaurant and you see that family 
and you can just see the kids are really well behaved and nobody's really talking and you, you can kind of tell yourself a story about that family then you see the other family across the restaurant who are just they're all talking at the same time they're all you know uh yelling and right. throwing think food yeah you think they're mad at each other people are just different they're different right and if you've seen sometimes that imitators of passionate people what they do doesn't come out the same way as the passionate people, how it comes out for them. It doesn't. 100%. Uh, you have to have the passion. You can't right. imitate passionate people. A good example of that is because um, you're a pastor and I'm a pastor and we're, uh, you know, we're both, you're my dad and I'm your son. You see a lot of guys try to follow their dad's footsteps. And um, and even even though you can follow what the person does, you don't have to do it exactly the same. Exactly. Because you see a lot of these sons that try to act exactly like their dad. And it comes off... Uh, a little inauthentic, I think. Yeah. A little odd sometimes. Well, we can start too. We'll talk about what is passion. Uh, originally, it had to do with suffering. Right. right. And uh, passion and, of the Christ. And yes. in the 16th century, passion began to uh, refer to sexual love. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then from there, it went to uh, strong emotions, strong desires. And now it's, it's kind of equal to enthusiasm in a way. Right. So today when we talk about passion, we're not talking about the original suffering passion. We're talking about what passion has come to mean today. When I think of passion, Enthusiasm. I think of living your best life, right? Young, The young people all say that. Live your best life. What are you <clears throat> passionate about? Go right. do that. Uh, you know, you don't have to sit in a cubicle all day long. Go be, go uh, get in a van and go be passionate about your life. And, you know, that's that's what I think about when I think about passion. Uh, but yeah, it can mean a lot of different things. Well, if, to if, a you, lot of if you people. if you make it kind of equal to enthusiasm, as Ralph Waldo Emerson, who said, "Nothing great has ever been achieved without enthusiasm mm -hmm. and without passion," we might say. And you think that's true? I mean, architectural people have passion, songwriters, passion, I, painters, I, passion. I do. I just think that um, people need to recognize the fact that passion looks different for different people. Um, somebody could be quietly painting. Right. Or quietly writing. And they're very passionate about what they're doing. Someone else could be preaching on a street corner, right. screaming. And they're very passionate about what they're doing. Somebody could be uh, uh, programming, uh, you know, a computer program. Uh, they could be very passionate about what they're doing. But, you know, you wouldn't know that they're passionate, but they're focused, right? You think there's a correlation between passion and focus? A lot. I think yeah. There's a correlation. I think there's a lot of uh, uh, stuff in common between those two things. Um, because when you're focused, very often what you're focused on, you'll become passionate about. I started reading a new book and I've just started it, um, about, it's about regret. Um, and, uh, I can't remember the name of it right now, so I apologize, but it, it's, uh, the beginning just starts about, uh, talking about all the people that live their lives with regret and how sad that is, how much of a tragedy that is. And I think about, you know, uh, those of us who, uh, have had opportunities and we didn't move on them or uh, we feel like life has just kind of went by, you know, everybody else succeeds, but you don't. Well, I want to talk about, and I don't know what these guys, maybe you want to talk about some other things, but I want to talk about uh, some of the characteristics of a passionate person. Uh, where does passion come from? Uh, what are some passion killers? Uh, pessimism and enthusiasm are pol polar opposites. One says, you know, I will never, this will never work. The other one says, this, there's no way this can't work. Um, and so uh, I want to just get into some of these things. Uh, but before we even start, let me read you a few scriptures. It says in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, so whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, you do it to the glory of God. And in Colossians 3, 23, 
It says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Now, again, uh, you know, what, what are you guys passionate about? Let's maybe start there. What, tell me, what, what are you really passionate about? We know you're passionate about God and your, your walk right. with, with him. But what are some other things you're passionate about? I'm passionate about communication. And when I say that, I don't just mean, you know, mediums of communication. I mean, uh, I'm passionate that pe about people getting the truth through uh, our communication. And, and how can we improve that? How can we, uh, how can we really explain God in a simple way to where it's understandable to mm -hmm. where, you know, maybe uh, you've been hurt by the church or you've been hurt by people in the church or maybe you've been hurt uh, by people that call themselves Christians. How can you separate that from who God is and see who God is? And so there's there's all these different um, uh, messages that I've had that I've wanted to share with people, and I'm very passionate about doing that well. And so that's that's where my focus is. Yeah, mine definitely has to do with just knowledge. Like I love learning new things and how I have a passion for constantly learning. Like I, I feel like... Um, if there's something that can learn that's new, like I love going on YouTube and, uh, you know, discovering new subjects and things. And I think that just keeps me um, fresh. It keeps me new, but I also have a passion for just cameras and technology in general. I, uh, man, like I just know, like people know sports teams or follow sports teams. It's funny. I get really excited about new camera releases and when they come out and what technology's into them. Um, but yeah, I, I get really excited about stuff like that. Yeah, you know, I think it goes back to, and I think as we're talking about it, I, I think it's one of those things where we always talk about pastor where it's an elephant and they're all filling different parts of it. Yeah. Mm. So I do believe still that um, for me, I've always had to have a purpose. Yeah. And once I had a purpose, then I got passion for that purpose. And there again, I lived kind of in the middle of my, um, um, you know, I, I had a before Christ, I had a BC. And, right. and, and and after death of Tom, and I and I was bodybuilder, and I and I I achieved everything I wanted to. I'll never forget. I always wanted to be in the magazine, wanted to cover. And I remember the first day, my one of my first covers uh, for Muscle and Fitness came in, and uh, I went out and opened the mailbox. I looked at it. I'm like, wow. And I, you know, finished reading it, and you know, I was like, wow, this should be the the the, the epitome of my life. Next morning, I woke up, and I'm like, I've got to do this all over again. But my purpose still was working out. Right. Still had that purpose for that. It wasn't getting on the magazine. I went into the IT career and made a career out of that. Then Christ came along. And what I can tell you, the difference it made was Christ became my purpose. And then everything else followed after that. Before everything else, I can even now work out with Christ as the head of my purpose. I can still do IT. I can still do ministry. But the purpose for me became bigger than just what it and was. And where does purpose generically come from, at, at, speaking as Christians? I mean, God gives us purpose. Right. And when he gives us purpose, he anoints us, and that well, anointing turns into passion. Purpose comes from your values. What do you value, right? And um, so if you value money, success, then your purpose is going to be wrapped around that. If you value looking good or, you know, being noticed, uh, vanity kind of, then your whole purpose is going to be wrapped around that. Is that true, though? Because I value a lot of things, but... My my purpose isn't centered around them. Uh, I mean, well, no, I value I them. I think but, it but is. But my purpose isn't centered but around them. But you have a hierarchy of your values. Okay, though, that's true. Right? And hierarchy of your so purpose. The hierarchy of your purpose is is based okay. on the, on your values. And so, um, this is something I've been delving into recently. That uh, you know, uh, there's actually a. It's silly, but there's a deck of cards that it's value cards that I have, and I go through them and I look and I said, this is important to me. This is important to me. This isn't that important to me. 
and I just kind of I, I kind of mess with the deck a little bit and then I and I mess with the priorities of it and 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 that's a way for me to look at what I'm doing in life versus what I actually believe I should be doing and closing that gap because that's 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 honestly uh, what life is right it really is um, it's about knowing what you're supposed to do and doing it that's it right I mean, uh, there's a writer um, who, uh, Stephen Pressfield, he's a writer of many books, many uh, films, and um, he wrote a book that I love. It's amazing. It's called The War of Art. And uh, he starts it off like this, what I know. It's a short, short paragraph. He said, there's a secret that real, wide, real writers know that wannabe writers don't. And the secret is this. It's not the writing part that's hard. What's hard is sitting down to write. Yeah. He says, what keeps us from sitting down is resistance. <clears throat> and then the whole rest of the book talks about how to fight against this resistance. And I think as Christians, the resistance is, you know, uh, spiritual forces that are not of God. And it's also our own minds. It's our own doubts. It's our own in insecurities. Um, and I think we have to fight those things. You know, my wife uh, has, 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 has helped me a lot understand that, I'm really good at seeing the obstacle in my way rather than seeing past the obstacle. And I've had to learn that when I see an obstacle, that's just a challenge. That's an opportunity for me to learn and grow, like you're saying, Vince, right. like, to get around that obstacle. Right. Uh, Vince will spend time uh, in, in the evenings. I don't know how he does this, but he spends time uh, building, you know, rebuilding engines and doing, uh, you know, working on old cars. And then he gets up in the morning, does all this different things. He loves, lear he loves that learning process. He loves the challenge of right. overcoming and I think if we can get to that point in our Christian life and get our priorities straight first, get that point yes. done, then your passion starts to come. I mean, Jesus said, uh, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And that is one of the scriptures that gets that gets thrown away and misunderstood the most, I think, because people all think, they all say, follow your heart, right. do, what you, do what you're passionate about. Right. What if you're not passionate about anything? Right. And that is a very real possibility. Well, let me piggyback on let that. Me, let me explain. Okay, let me ahead. just explain what that verse means for people that don't okay. understand. And dad, you've taught this to me too. Uh, when you say where your treasure is, yeah. there your heart will be also. You have to think about what your treasure is, what's important to you. And for me, it would be my time, my energy, my resources, right? All these things, this, that's what's important to me. Right. And so in my family, of course, but, but I'm, not, I'm not in control of my family. So the things that are in control, that I'm in control of, that are, that's important to me, I invest those things in the kingdom of God. And if you do that, then all of a sudden your heart will follow that, right? It's just like when you get married, you choose to date somebody at right. first. And, you, there, you know, there's a, an attraction there or something. There's something going on. You choose to, you know, to, to kind of hang out with that person, but the more you hang out with them, the more your heart grows toward them. Right? Well, Vince was talking about focus a while ago, and that verse in the Bible says, where your treasure is, your heart will be. I used to think that was just the opposite, where right. your heart is, your treasure will be. Yeah. And I know I have a habit, and your mother knows it very well, that when I'm focused on something, it's hard to get me unfocused. Uh, for example, it might, hard, it might be hard to get me up to go do yard work, but once I start doing it, you can't stop me. Right. I mean, I won't eat nothing. Yeah. And uh, let me ask you a question. Uh, uh, are some passions driven by success? Yeah. Um, for example, I am passionate 
uh, for building churches. I love yeah. to build churches. Well, that goes along and with I want to see a successful church when I leave. It goes along with the verse. I mean, um, if you've invested in something and it's done well, then of, right. course, of course your heart's going to be there. And yeah, you're going to wake up and, and be passionate about it. And I think that the people that find that one thing to grind at every single day, um, those people well, are the most successful. Well, well you know, I'm going to go back to something because this, this is like, I, I do think people get lost in the details and not thinking about the overall thing. Mm-hmm. Pastor, I'll take it back when I got saved and it came in the ministry. Because I came into the ministry, we had a, you had a general idea of what you wanted to do. But I remember there was a day I had a phone call with you, and we were looking for an administrator for the high school. And you were, you were just telling them, hey, Tom, can you do these today? Because i got to find an administrator. I go, okay, let me know if you can help. I'll do anything you need. You call me back, and you go, you said, do anything I need? I go, yeah. He goes, would you be the principal <laughs> for six weeks? And I go, yeah. Now, I wasn't passionate about that. But I think hmm. in Ephesians 3.20, the Bible says that you can do anything you know more than you could more exceedingly yes, because we trust in God and we know that he can do that. So my purpose was I came to serve God. Mm-hmm. If you needed me to do schools, I'm going to do schools and I'm going to realize that God can make me exceedingly, abundantly more successful. But then you, you've always wanted to be successful at whatever you do. I, right. I've seen that. Yep. When, when you set out to do something, you are going to be successful at it. Mm-hmm. In other words, if I ask you to do something, Tom, can you do this? Basically what I hear you say, you probably don't really say it, but I hear it. Yes, I will do it, and you can be guaranteed it'll be a success. Right. And there's that that driven, that driven. Well, uh, well, it's, it's also. Be, it's because I believe in that scripture. Yes. I believe in the fact that, right. you know, that, that as you know God, and he's my purpose. Yes. It, it, may, it may not be something that's getting my juice muscles going, but I'm realizing. So then I think what starts to happen is that as you see, if you put God first, he says, what does he say? If you to save your life, you're going to lose it. Yes. But if you lose your life for my namesake, you'll find it. And you're saying, I'm going to lose my life for that. Yep. And I'm going to, going to apply everything you know what, I another, can to that. Another word for lose would be spend. I'm going to spend my life. Yes. It's right. like, uh, you know, the parable of the talents. Right. Uh, it's you have your coin or you have your yeah. coins. What are you going to do with them? What are you going to do with them? And yeah, right. some, some of us were given one. Some of us were given 10. You know, we're given different, uh, we're, you always say you're given a debt, you're given a hand of cards and you play it how you play it. Yeah. And, and, and so God blesses us differently from the start, but where we end all depends on how you spend your life. And there's somebody who may, maybe that's out there that, Hey, I've, you say, Hey, I've only give, been given one coin or I even have a hard right. time seeing that one coin. Uh, but you can very easily, very often the person with one coin ends up with much more than the person that was given 10 in the beginning. Because right. the person with ten said, oh, "I'm comfortable. I got, I got something. I ha- I'm okay right. in life. I'm taken care of. I've got family. I've got friends. I've got some money in the bank. I've got, you know, all these things." But the person that has nothing has to fight, you know, and they learn that fight of what just continue to, continuing to grind on what um, they have deemed as important. And the passion gives you the ability to continue to do that. Yeah, yeah it does. After I, I, I think I was part of the school for 19 years. That's six weeks turned into nineteen. That's crazy. But but it, but it but it was every level. So I'm and saying you found your place in in that. I remember uh, you got excited about football. Yeah, you got excited, you got excited about the sports and so, 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 development. So so I think as people, if you're out there and you're listening, is that you can turn like Josh said, one talent into many, but you have to be yes. persistent with what is in front of you. It's just like working out, though. Like we started talking about at the yeah. beginning, when you first work out. And and I'm I'm a I'm a serial uh, beginner workouter because I uh, I don't know you begin a lot <laughs> beginner of working out because uh, you I, like to I start. will start and no, I yeah. hate it I hate it but I start <laughs> and I'm like Ugh. 
Uh, but when you start, it's hard. But when you're in it for weeks, you know, you, you, start, you start to enjoy it. And then you get to the point where you start getting really upset when you can't go to the gym or you can't work out because it's part of your flow. It's part of who you are. And, and Pastor, wouldn't you say, because you've told, told so many people this, and I've heard it through the, the ministry for years, and I heard you say it one time, sometimes just don't give up because you're just one day, one week from success. From success. And, and so it's, it's, my purpose used to be success in my physique, and then my purpose became success in a career, but my purpose came to be successful in Christ. And that's where I found the true success. Wasn't there a saying that basically went like this? It said, if something's worth doing, it's worth doing yep. with all your might. That's, yeah, that's With where, all your might. Yep. It, in this book I was talking about, The War of Art, uh, he says, the following is a list in no particular order of those activities that most commonly elicit resistance, okay? Mm -hmm. One, the pursuit of any calling, writing, painting, music, film, dance, or creative art, or, you know, being a pastor, whatever it is, right? Uh, number two, the launching of any, uh, any new business um, or any new venture. Uh, number three, any diet or health regimen. Uh, four, any program of spiritual advancement. Five, any activity whose aim is is tighter abs, right? <laughs> um, any course, you know, going to school, education, all these things. These are all things that we say, we, we know that they will improve our lives. They will improve the lives around us. And we know we should do them, but yet life or resistance gets in the way. Let's talk about a few things that cause passion. Uh, I put down number one, uh, uh, an experience, a defining moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, when the apostles saw the resurrected Jesus, uh, it says that they responded with amazement, astonishment. They were awestruck. They were blown away. I mean, they just didn't rejoice. It, it's a lot heavier term than that. And their lives were changed. That was a defining moment, and their lives were changed, and they were passionate about God, about the gospel from that point on. Mm. And so... Uh, a lot of things are birthed out of a defining moment. Right. Mad, the Mothers Against Drunk Drivers, was was birthed out of a defining moment. One of the things you say, uh, and I think it totally relates to passion, is um, you always say that God is making me pregnant with something. Mm -hmm. you yes. know? And so the yes. idea would be that that you uh, something is 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 uh, a seed is planted. Something is happening, and you really don't have a lot of control over it. That's that's how I take it. Because, like, when you have a kid, do you have a decision? Is it, is it a hard decision to decide if you're going to take care of that kid or not? No, of course, of course not. Right? Yeah. Of course not. Right? Right. And you have to take care of the kid. Right. It's not even a choice. Right. And so I, I think about like the calling of God and what He has for our lives. Yeah. I don't know if there's even a choice. Well, it, right? has, to, it has to be bigger than you. I think if the thing, if, if you find yourself not passionate and unmotivated, mm -hmm. I think the thing that you're striving for, the thing that you're doing, like you say, your treasure's small. The thing that you think is your treasure, the thing right. that you think is you're supposed to be doing, it isn't big enough. It's funny because Tom, you know, we we're talking about Tom having this, whatever he does, he's really passionate about, but it's because he has this, he has this deep belief mm. in what he's doing. Like he really, really believes in what he's doing. And so therefore his passion meets the thing that he's, chasing after if you're if the thing that you're chasing after is not that exciting or it's not that right. great or it's not that big then your passion is going to be weak your motivation is going to be weak and you're going to end up giving up like you're not like if you're really really honest if you're really, really honest with yourself mm -hmm. you're not that excited to work out no no right no i don't you're excited it. about the end result because you know that if you work out 
you're gonna feel better. You're gonna. Be able I to run. enjoy like outdoor activities, long hikes or mountain bikes or something like that. Right. But I sure the the time element there is hard. Sure. So I have a workout room in my backyard, and uh, it's not so exciting to go out right. there. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm gonna go back to something you said. I'm still hanging on it. Mm. Where you talked about being pregnant with something. Yeah. Right. Uh, intimacy is one form in which people get pregnant. Yeah. And when we spend a lot of time around God and get very intimate with him in worship and prayer, I believe you get pregnant a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of my passions are birthed by Christ. And one of the saddest things that I see is people will do that. They'll go through that process. They'll get close to God, and they will feel that God gives them something. And what happens is, is, is I've seen it too many times. People will go to other people in the church, and they'll start sharing the idea and yep. those people don't feel the same passion. They don't. Right. And th that person feels defeated. They feel like, oh, well, no one sees it. It must not be good or real, and they give up hope. But the truth is, is that God spoke to you. He didn't speak to us or somebody else, right? Right. And so, and and, and sometimes I think we, I mean, when, when we had, just to use that pregnancy analogy again, when we uh, got pregnant the first time, when my wife got pregnant the first time, I shouldn't say we, I know some of the women are, are upset about that if you say that, but um we didn't know if we were going to have a boy or a girl and we didn't know what we were going to have. We just knew that there's a responsibility. There's time to think about that. We have nine months to figure this out. Um, and, and I think it's the same with your calling with God. You don't know exactly what it's going to look like. And so I think what happens to bring it around is people, they get really excited because they think it's this one thing and it might not be exactly what they think it is. Yeah. And then they go share it and then people are like, you're nuts or, or that's great for you, you know, and they don't, they're, they're not excited about it. So you lose faith and hope. So I, my, my thought on that is you guys need to write it down. Don't mm -hmm. share it with people until you need to. Well, right? let me give you an illustration of that. When I birthed VBF, the church that I now pastor, um, I learned right away that not many people got excited about this no. because back in the day, no one went out and just pioneered churches. Today right. they do, not then. I told my parents about it. My older brother and sister who went to church told them about it, and they all looked at me like I was crazy. Right. And that could have been a joy killer. Does that, but that fuels you though. It does me. It's my personality. That's, that's strange. I but, mean, it's not normal. But the other side of that is a lot of people will get close to God. They'll hear that they have to do something. And then they're not willing to put the work in. They're like, ah, that sounds good, but they're not willing to grind it out. And I think that's where a lot of people where passion has to be a part of what you're doing. You have to really, really believe in the thing that you're doing. Otherwise, you will not. Let grind. me bring it back around to God again. Though. Right. Here's what I believe, and, and, and people that aren't believers are not going to understand this. But God gives me. He births me with things. Right. He impregnates me with things. Right. And the Bible says that when he speaks to us, right. the result of that is faith. Faith equals passion. Yeah. And so when I am con in constant communication with him, he keeps regenerating that enthusiasm for whatever he gave me to do. So well, he is my source of passion. Let's say that God leads you uh, in a certain direction in your life, right? Um, and it's it could be something internal. It could be something external, like moving to another place, starting something new. Um, there's always going to be a lot of resistance. There's always going to be a lot of enemies in that land. Think about the Israelites when they're in, they're in captivity in Egypt, right? In captivity, slaves that all they know, this generation, all they know is what it's like to be a slave, right? Every single day they're beaten, they're killed. Uh, they have to carry bricks day in, day out. They don't get any rest. Their, their living conditions are bad. All of a sudden this guy, Moses comes and says, you know, I'm going to lead you guys out because it's God's will. And so he leads them out. And 
they immediately come to a, a, a dead end, right? At the end of the Red Sea. And then, and then, and then after that, it's, it's wandering around for 40 years. I mean, right. it, there's, there's constant, constant, uh, you know, uh, resistance. And, and I think about how easy it is for us to lose hope when we encounter resistance because we think if God is for this, why would all this be happening? But what happens but, if we expect resistance? Right, there's that. And, and also if we expect the result of the resistance because yes. the result of the resistance right. is the part that makes you who you are. But then right? let's go it's back the to journey God. That, that let's go back it. to God. When you're spending regular time with him every day, mm-hmm. he'll keep refiring it back up. Yeah. So the joy stealers cannot take it away from you. And even the things that come up as resistance, they won't affect you if you're staying with God because he'll continue to empower you to be true to We've the We've talked about uh, the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. I think the Old Testament is the story of God and his chosen people and how it wasn't smooth sailing. It just wasn't. I mean, think about, uh, you know, the uh, rebuilding of the walls of, of Jerusalem. Like, it, like they had to... Uh, they had to hold a, a hammer in one hand and a sword in the other. You know, they, right. that whole idea of, of having to fight your way to get to where God has called you to be, that's a, that's a biblical concept, you know? You know, and this is something I'm going to take back. I was asked a question the other day. Do I, you know, what's the difference when I worked out when I was younger and I was driving towards a physical goal versus now? I go, well, there's no risk anymore. Mm. And they go, what do you mean risk? I go, every day I went in the gym, the night before I was worried about going to the gym the next day because I could get drastically hurt. Yeah. Because of the weights that I was lifting, the type of workouts that I would do, there was a risk there, but in challenging my body to accept that risk gave me a greater reward. Well, you, Nowadays, talking, you were talking about that on the way up. You're like, the muscles will grow, but the frame doesn't change, yeah. right? And, and, and so now I go in to work out. There's no risk. I'm not yeah. going to injure myself unless I trip and fall or something like that. But I'm just saying... There right. is a thing, and I think your resistance is risk. I think people are afraid of taking a risk. Yeah. And I think, you know, as we look at it, as and for me, I look at it as, is it really a risk if God is calling me to do it? Right. There's going to be a lot of things that may not work out the so way I want it to. That right there, Tom, that right there. We have to talk about this. How do you know it's God? That's the problem, right? Most people, they doubt. They think it's just me or, you know, how do you know? We had a whole podcast on that, didn't we? Right. Hearing God. Yeah. We did. On hearing we God. We did. Yeah. And I think it needs to be repeated, though. It's just like, how do you know that? Well, I, I, I like what Lord. your dad said, and he said it many a times in different ways from the pulpit, is that that risk gets diminished the more time you spend with God, because that's diminishing. So you're getting encouraged when that time with the Lord through worship, through the word, through encouragement and sermon. So that risk is like, no, I can't do this. Yeah, and I think faith is so strong. And and alluding to what Tom said, I still believe that if any four of us had been living the way David was living Uh out on the Bethlehem Hills, communing with God and praying and, 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 you know, it's being with God so much of the time, I think if we were doing that to the extent he was doing it, any of us would fight Goliath. Well, Pastor, Mm -hmm. can I? I think his power would overcome the fear. Well, can I take this back to what I was saying? So, so David, David's there, and he's fighting the battle because the, uh, Goliath is, um, uh, uh, you know, a disrespecting God. But what did he say? What's that reward again? I get to marry the yeah. king's daughter. Yes. Right. And I'm, I'm but but I mean, he started measuring the risk yes. versus the, the reward. Success. But but the passion was, 
oh, I'm going to cut your head off, sucker, because you're disrespecting God. Well, are you guys like this? You know me. I'm like this. I mean, I don't know if I was born with this or not. But if you want to pick a fight with me, I'm going to try to avoid it, avoid it, avoid it. Finally, if it's where it comes to a place what's going to happen, I'm going to go, let's do it now, (laughs) right right now, outside. I don't want to wait. (laughs) And I'll tell you what, you'll have to carry me off because I will swing so fast and so rapid and so hard <laughs> until I'm out of breath. Right. If we're going to do it, let's, let's do, do it. it. Right. And, and yeah. there, I think that has something to do with passion. <laughs> sure. uh, of course, you want to, when you get saved, you want to f- focus that and right. re-channel it. It's, it. Again, it goes uh, down to, it comes down to priorities, you know, and, and finding something that's bigger than yourself. Uh, right. That's they, huge. They say yeah. that, I forget who says this, but uh, I've read it that um, you don't really start living until you find something you can die for. And I, uh, God and and his kingdom is definitely that thing, you know? Um, but some people will do it for country. Some people will do it for their family. And I would. I would die for my family, right. absolutely. Let's go you know? to a lighter note. I, I said that I think that, uh, uh, you know, passion is fired up by experience on a lighter note. Uh, I got passionate one time about dirt track motorcycle racing. Mm. And someone invited me to go, and I said, I don't want to go. And so I said, oh, okay, just to please you, I'll go. And I went out and I smelt that nitro on those hot summer nights. And I saw these guys and I got so excited about it that my passion was to not miss a motorcycle race. You Don't know miss one. I even wanted to do it myself. You know that's huge now again. Really? Dirt yeah. track, oval oh, track? Yeah. Huge. Yeah. yeah. It's fun. It really fun. is the hooligan racing. Uh, yeah. Going to the gym. You yeah. said it earlier. I mean, I, I started working out when I was 13. But I think the, the passion came is when I saw a little muscle appear in my arm. I saw a little bit of success, and I saw a little another muscle, and I go, whoa, you know. And so defining moments and, 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 and experiences, uh, I could go on and on, but I think that does birth passion. Well, I think often. a lot of that is a reaction to what you're supposed to do because if you, don't, if you don't take that first initial step, if you don't do the thing you're supposed to be doing, then you don't get the experiences. And Couch then you- potatoes don't get don't get a lot armchair of armchair quarterbacks don't get it you no. know because you're not you're actually not doing it right. and so if, if you don't go to the gym you don't get the muscle and therefore you don't get the passion to keep going and right. keep moving that's forward so, so that's that's the huge. word what were you gonna say no no i was gonna say i want to just pick you you said something simon sinet going along with what you talked about with having a bigger vision he said right, working that. working hard for something we do not care about is called stress working hard for something we love and has purpose is called passion. Right. Yeah, that's and, good. And I think that's purpose. huge. And right, because I think that goes right along with if you if you're doing something you don't care about, right, then you're never ever gonna put the time in to see the results like your dad said to have the experiences. But, but if you but if you care immensely right. about that thing, you're gonna put enough time, passion, energy to actually see results. I'd say like most days though, um, I don't really feel like doing anything. And so personality, I, it's like my personality. I, well, <laughs> truthfully, I mean, I, right. I, I have to really, you know, right. I wake up slow. I always say this, I wake up slow and I ramp up and then, and, and then it's like 11 PM and I can't sleep, uh, throughout the day, probably because of my caffeine intake takes throughout <laughs> the day, but, um, commitment that, that right there will keep you passionate because it'll force you to be passionate there you go. on a Sunday morning. You have to be passionate because it's a regular commitment right? Um, and, I'm, and I'm talking about Pastor Ron preaching or Pastor Tom uh, sharing and, and doing what he does and what we all do. I mean, uh, you know, if there's a commitment there, you are forced. This podcast is a good example. Um, I'm like about to fall asleep on the couch between, you know, earlier and, uh, and, and I just wake up and I'm like, no, we're doing this. We have to, we have to focus right, right. now, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so it, it's, uh, there are times to rest. There are times to take it easy. There are times to refocus. 
Uh, but when it's go time, it's go time. Where does passion come from? Another one I wrote down for being around compassionate people. Oh, well, because it's contagious. Well, let's leave, let me piggyback on Josh real quick. You say compassionate people, or do you mean, you mean passionate, passionate people? people? You know, I keep, because I keep because I wanted to compare compassion to passion. But yeah, that's good. I, I like. I said, I said it any more times. Now, see, you got me all messed up. No, <laughs> but I, I was. Where gonna, does passion come from? Being around other passionate well, well, people. Uh, the it, reason that I question it is right. because I do think there's a connection between those two. There are two. There are. There's definitely uh, compassion can definitely birth passion. You know, caring about um, somebody, yep. caring about a group of people, caring about yep. people that have been through the same muck that you've been through, right? That is where passion ultimately kind of becomes even bigger, bigger than passion. Yep. I don't even know how to explain it, but when you find your your purpose in who you're ministering to. Yeah, and I want to say talk huge. about that in a few minutes, but again, let me go back before I get tongue-tight. And as where does passion come from? One other area it comes from is from being around passionate people, other yeah. people. Yeah. And uh, Tom is very passionate. When I'm around him, it gets very contagious. And so I think who you hang out with uh, has a lot to say about how passionate Well, you are. and I think it could go back to two hours ago where each one of us came to a point and was like, oh, maybe this is what we want to do today. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but through each one of them, right, it came to like, no, no, we're going to do this thing. Yeah. And I think every, and I think it was a consistent fire. Well, it's, a, busy, it's a very busy season. You know, the end of the well, year is when you're, 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 you're trying to uh, uh, wrap everything up and, and, and get ready for the new year. And it's like there's constantly, I think that that's one of the biggest issues we have in our culture. There's constantly something else that you have to do, right? There's fighting for your team. Time. Something yeah. um, on the horizon. And, uh, man, how maybe this is a thought maybe in order to say yes to our passion this year we need to say no to the things that really don't Vince matter. was talking about this right before the podcast yes. started he was talking about i just can't look to what's coming the next two weeks i, I did i yeah. just got you did he goes i gotta look at today what's, and that's what you exactly yeah. what well, you're how saying. many of us just get caught up in in um and i'm speaking in terms of uh the holidays right now because we've right. been doing a lot of social things and i love the social things i really do right but um, do you have to do everything? No. You don't have enough energy to be passionate about no. everything. Right. No. You just don't. And, or, or time. As you said, you have to have your priorities, what you're going to be yeah. passionate about. And, and, and sometimes it's different. Uh, this is Christmas week. Mm -hmm. You're going to be passionate about some things that you will not be passionate about the rest of the year. Well, I was thinking about the energy thing because, um, one, you know, what we have is we have resources, we have time, we have energy. Those, those three things yes. are what we have. And where you put those things matters. And time, we understand that very well, right. um, and almost too well. Um, uh, resources, we understand that. You know, you give to something, it's good, and, and, and it helps. But energy, I don't think we focus as much on prioritizing and using our energy well. I mean, it's just, we've got a gas tank, man. You right. know, some Vince has a bigger gas we, tank than I do. But we we, we went have out, a gas tank. We know? went out and sh uh, shot the video for Christmas, and that went really, really well. And uh, we had this portable generator and that ran on lithium batteries. And so the whole band, you guys saw the video. If you watch our live stream, you can go back and watch it from Christmas Sunday. And uh, it, the whole worship team ran on this portable generator full of batteries. And it was funny because we plugged it in and we weren't sure it was going to work because we were in the remote part of the Alabama hills, you know, in the eastern Sierras. This thing just came out. It so just we had... came out. So we weren't sure it was going to yeah. work. 
and we plugged it in. It said 24 hours of time. We're like, we got it. And then everybody started playing in the band and the, the minutes started going. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> and we're like, oh no, like we're not going to have enough time, you know, to do this. But there was only so much time in that energy tank for us to get the two okay. songs needed to get done. And that goes back. I, I wrote down too, what are some passion killers? We already talked about a shelter life. Mm -hmm. If you're not out doing anything, you're not going to become compassionate about things. You know, Another funny. one is a burnout lifestyle. People always say that uh, because we are in the church culture that we uh, have a sheltered perspective. <laughs> oh, gosh, just the I, opposite. I was thinking, man, <laughs> we know we, we know the worst about everybody. And, 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 you know, you also can see the best in everyone, too. And, and we can see what God is doing through all that. Well, well, some really people cool. say, well, you know, I can never get passionate about that. I just don't see myself liking it. Have you ever tried it? Mm. Yeah. You're sitting here on this couch all day long. Have you ever tried it? You got to try some things to see what you're passionate about. Well, for me, like I've tried to, um, I guess, circumvent ministry stuff <laughs> my whole <laughs> life. I don't know how to say it, but I've always thought ah, I'd be better off doing this. But ultimately, God brings me back to it. And one of the big things is I haven't found anything else that's worthwhile, mm, you know, yeah, besides huge. my family, besides uh, loving my friends and family. I haven't found anything as powerful as, as certain when people God, were leaving know? Jesus, he asked the disciples, you want to go to? And they said, well, well, yeah, where is there to go? go? You, you have it, man. Right. I mean, where you're at, it's happening. You know, pastor, even when they were talking about the guys that were getting um, told by the Pharisees and Sadducees, don't talk about Jesus anymore. Go, how can we not? How can do we this? not? We've only, we've seen it. We got to talk about it. It's you so know, powerful. I think too, in our American culture, we get so caught up in, um, focusing on accomplishing things, right? And um, fo focusing on something you can accomplish. Well, a relationship isn't something you can accomplish. A relationship is something that's constant. And if you focus on your relationship with God and then focus on your relationship with, uh, with the church, with the people around you, and then your relationship with your community, that is a constant flow. And it's not about a destination. Right. It's about growing in mm, love together, good. growing deeper together, uh, being there for each other. Uh, Malcolm Gladwell, uh, Gladwell wrote a book and he uh, talked in that book about health and he talked about blue zones, right? You know what blue zones are? It's where people live mm -hmm. uh, longer than, than the average. And um, was, I think it was the book, the book was Outliers uh, by Malcolm Gladwell. But he talks about this Italian village uh, actually in Pennsylvania and it's named after an Italian village in Italy. And in this village, all these people were living a really long life, but no one could figure out why. They didn't eat healthy. They didn't exercise. Uh, they Their lifestyles weren't traditionally what you'd think about, about when you see somebody that lives a long time. But he came. they came back and they said in the study that they learned that the people were living longer because of their purpose and their passion for each other. Mm, wow. they, they, were, they, they would eat at each other's homes. They would take care of each other. The community was so tight. So their compassion for one another, which yeah, leads us to passion. Exactly. And so, I mean, good Lord, if, you, if you're somebody out there that's like, what can I be passionate about? I'm not passionate about anything. Well, do you know anyone? Right. You know? That's huge. Because... Yeah. On the other hand, too, does a burnout lifestyle, will that rob you of passion? Oh, yes, 100%. If you're doing too many things, as Ben said earlier. Well, like you said, or who, I forget who said it, it was your advance... Uh, said that, you know, if you're doing something that you don't love to do, that's called yeah. stress. You're saying that, right? Uh, that is. That's that's terrible, right? Well, you know, Pastor, can't you and I identify with this maybe more than Vince and Josh, that the things you could do when you were younger, you don't have the energy to right. do when you get right. older, so you have to find a way to pass it off 
That's why well, I think older people need youngers <laughs> around them yeah. to pass it off to. So you guys are wise to do that. Because but does the Bible say that the old that. men have dreams? Yes. The men, the young men, they do the yes. vision, but yeah. the young, older men have dreams. But you have to have that wisdom to realize they don't have it in the gas tank anymore. Right, right. I would sure love to, yeah. but I just can't. And I do think, as we've talked a lot about it, Pastor, that is a transitioning into something that's even better. Well, there's because you're letting go of some of the stuff that you don't have time for anymore. <clears throat> there's Doug, a purpose to all that. Doug yeah. mentioned on his Sunday message, uh, Pastor Doug, a couple weeks ago, he said, too, he pretty much said, too much of a good thing doesn't always lead to a great thing yeah. because it just because it seems like it's great so because it's good for you doesn't always mean that it's the thing that you're supposed to be doing and that's exactly it like you said it, you, you can get to a place when you're doing all this stuff you're, you're like you know you're traveling you're doing all this stuff you think you're living your best life but you're actually missing out on your purpose and the thing that god actually gave you passion for because you can get right. passionate about stuff but that doesn't mean that's going to last forever you're going to burn out you're going to get tired you know that's why you have people and this is this is even a great thought you have people depressed and oppressed and all this, all these, and have health issues and mental health issues. And a lot of that can come down to them just not actually living out their purpose and they're, and they're not passionate about anything anymore because they're not doing anything God intended them I to do. I think to stay passionate too, you have to, to, to contend against a spirit of familiarity. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, I'm, I'm very passionate about, uh, you know, reading the Bible. I'm very passionate about praying. But sometimes I feel that passion kind of, diminishing and that's when i have to change it up uh maybe yes. i go do my bible study at mm, starbucks that's yeah, good. or i go do my prayer like somewhere I'm glad, else i'm glad you said that because to, i've always felt less than i've always felt, felt a little bit less spiritual than others because i get tired of it i do i get tired of reading the bible but god always has something for us and sometimes it's not about uh you know being so committed to what you think you should do every right. day yeah. Sometimes it's about being committed to God and asking him what I should be doing today, mm -hmm. right? Like like uh, the other day, I was uh, juicing oranges with my kids. I was telling you guys about that last week. And um, I had a moment of just talking about God with my kids. And it was so beautiful and so awesome and so genuine. And I was planning on opening up the Bible and reading, you know, the Christmas story to them. But instead, we just kind of played together and talked about the Christmas story. And, and you still so, got the same results. Uh, it was one of the most, uh, uh, honestly, one of the more inspiring things yes. that's happened to me in a long time. Yes. Uh, it just touched me because yes. I felt like God was speaking to me and my kids at the same time. So my, my point is, is that, um, yeah, we need to be disciplined. We need to read the word. We need to study the Bible, right? Um, but at, at the end of the day, uh, be open to what God has for you each and every day because he has something for you every day. The fresh manna, right? Mm -hmm. The fresh... Just uh, because you see your passion kind of diminishing doesn't mean that you shouldn't be passionate about that thing anymore. Yeah. Again, let's say that... That's true. Uh, I, 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 I'm passionate about the Word and I'm reading and studying it and all of a sudden I see my, my passion diminishing. Maybe it's time to get a partner or two and say, hey, let's go study at yeah. Starbucks. And all of a sudden, your passion comes back again. So every artist in the world, every musician mm, in the world, they've good. all had to reignite their passion, and get creative over and yep. over. And well, even over. Timothy in the Bible, right. uh, Paul said, "You know, have the elders lay hands on you and rekindle that 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 gift." That's right. so and so good. there's something about that spirit of familiarity that can mm. really come against it. Um, so let's move on. What, what are here's a question I have? What are some of the characteristics? that we see in passionate people that maybe others don't have. Uh, I'll start it off while you're thinking. A different perspective of things. Mm. Uh, D.L. Moody was in London doing a crusade, and I think I told this story before. 
And afterwards, some, some British clergymen came by his hotel room. He's on like the eighth floor or seventh floor or something. And they said, we want to ask you a question. How does a, a poorly educated American like you draw big crowds? We don't get it. And D.L. Moody looked at them, and he, he told them, said, come over here by the window here and look out. Look down and tell me what you see. And they said, well, we see a park, and we see some cars. We see some families having a picnic. We see some pigeons over here. And uh, they said, what do you see? And by this time, he had tears running down his cheeks. And he said, I see countless people who are going to spend an eternity away from God if they don't get saved. Mm. And so I think sometimes a different perspective of things is what passionate people have that others don't. They see things differently. Well, that's, uh, that's, that's like kind of has to do with your habits, doesn't it? I mean, our thoughts are habits at the end of the day. Yeah, I think it's perspective too. For example, I choose to see God in a different way than many people. Which is a habit. Well, I don't know if it's a habit or just uh, it's come from studying. It's, it's, it's part of my personality. I mean, again, when I came to God, I came passionately going either you're your God of the Bible or you're no God at all. I want to know the God of this Bible, and I'm going to be determined to find that God. And I see God as a very personal God, a very caring God. Uh, I see my God as being involved in everything I do, everything I do. But and so again... Don't you think it's an everyday choice, though, too? I mean, do you think it's a, something you just decide once and then you live it forever? Or do you think it's something you have to keep choosing over and over? You have to choose every day. Yeah, that's, I think that, too. You have to get up every day and say, I'm going to choose God to be there for me today. So, so do you have any other characteristics that maybe very passionate people have that we don't have? I think I Tom's, and again, yeah, is being successful. Too. Tom is successful well, whatever he does. One thing that I realize, and I love this, because I love being around you, Pastor, because honestly, I've never seen anybody reinvent more than you have through the years. Mm. And, and I, you, I think you have to be willing to change. Yes. I think you have to be willing to change your pace, your idea of how to deliver it, my kids challenge me all the time at their different age groups. Now that I've got a son-in-law, I've got a different perspective on that. I've never had a son-in-law before, but now I've got a son-in-law, so I have a different perspective on how that works. But I, but I think it's also going back to, I, I, my wife and I talk every night, my wife's in public education, and, and just hearing her stories gives me a passion for public education because like Duel Moody says, there's lost people out there that need a direction. So you're yeah. willing to change a perspective and go, okay, because there you go. When I, my kids were in private school, I was all about private school. But I think if a passionate people or purposeful people are willing to change themselves or what they think yeah. even, you've challenged that. Mm-hmm. You've challenged mm-hmm. us to do that for years, mm-hmm. challenge our Christian way of thinking. Yeah, I think passionate people, a big characteristic is they share their passion or vision with other people and they get people in and on their passion. So it's like, I know like if I get a new mountain bike, I'm like, I start telling my friends, Hey, I got a new mountain bike, come mountain bike. You're, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. Cause it keeps me motivated or, you know, to keep mountain biking. So I think passionate people get people passionate about what they're and that, doing. That, that goes back to our point we discussed a while ago and that we surround ourselves with other passionate yes. people. Yep. And I don't know if it's a characteristic, but I think of routine. People yeah. have the good routine okay. uh, and that they, they, it's built around their passion. It's built around their purpose. Uh, so that they, because, you know, when you wake up, you feel a certain way, but you have to get moving, right? And right. once you start moving, you're, you're reminded every single day of, of what it is that you're supposed to be doing. And, uh, you know, I, I think that that takes time, but anyone can learn that. Do right? passionate people have different work ethics? 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. I think you're definitely if so if if you really care about what you're doing, you're like I said earlier in the podcast, you're gonna grind out the thing you believe in. And so I think those people, you see them just get right after it. And and, and I think that does come down to routine, Josh. You know, sometimes you wake up in the morning, you're like, this thing. And I was telling Tom, we have you know, the last two weeks, I had a, I had a lot of stuff on my plate. And if I look at it a week ahead of time, I go, impossible. But if I look at it just day to day, I'm like, I can do this. I got this. We right. can totally do this. And, uh, I, I think that, you know, that's a big part of it is just being able to, to motivate yourself. I'm someone to who keep going, yeah, I have to have inspiration or motivation. And, um, I used to wait around until it would come and then it's, it, it doesn't come as often. So what I, what I do is I do things that I know are going to spark motivation and inspiration. Like I'll read something or I'll go on a walk and listen to my headphones or, or, uh, you know, um, I'll have a conversation with somebody. I'll call somebody I haven't talked to in a while. Whatever it is, there are things that will lead us back right. into the flow. It's I like, want to go back to what Tom said, too, about purpose. Purpose is a big thing. When I know I have to do something, I know I'm supposed to do it. I know God's calling me to do it. Okay? Many times, I don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. And I tell Debbie, oh, I dread this. I don't want to do it. I dread it. But then when I go and actually get involved in it, I go, wow, this is cool. And maybe this is cool. that right there is a secret. Maybe that's a secret to knowing whether it's God or you. Because if you wanted to do it for a long time and then all of a sudden you want to do it and you're doing it, it might be you. But if it's something that is on your heart and on your mind and you don't really want to do it. Well, you went back a while ago and you asked me, how do you know it's you or God? And I just have some little telltale signs that I have uh, noticed through the years. When I feel like I'm supposed to do something and it keeps bugging me. Uh, like hour after hour, day after day, it won't go away. So I pray about it, and the more I pray, the more it starts bugging me. Well, mm. pretty much it's God. And right. then when I go do it, then he infuses me with an anointing. That anointing turns into passion and energy. Yeah, sure. Well, and, and that's contagious, too, because it's so fun. You know, we talked about working, I think, a second ago. It's you're you're not, you're not a young buck. You're young still. You're young no. in your age. No, I'm not young. But to, but to watch you, I mean, you, Josh talks about me having energy, your dad has energy that I, it doesn't even, you know, it's like he, he could wake up at seven in the morning. And I think he goes to bed at midnight or one o'clock in the morning too. Same Just thing. Depends on the day. yeah. Right. Depends on the day. And, but that's contagious. Cause I know I, in my mind, I'm like, if you're working, I should be doubling up that or tripling up that, you know, right. just because no, I, I'm seeing you, I'm seeing you yeah. go after it. I'm like, if you're well, still going after it, I need to also be going after it. Before you say something on it, I want to say something <laughs> to you about observations. Okay. You have protected your time. Not you good. have protected your energy over the yeah. years. And okay, but let me, let me tell you something that'll make you not feel so guilty. <laughs> now, I believe this is true. You're going to have people out there skeptical. But the Bible says that we have a new name in heaven. It's written down in a stone. We get this new name. Yeah. And so I spent a season years ago, decades ago, and I said, God, I want to know my new name. I want to know my new name. I want to know my new name. Uh, I know, you know, that's probably not a cool thing to ask, but maybe no one else is asking it. You have not because you asked not. And I went on and on and on, and I felt this strong impression come to me, and I think it was God, and he said, up here, we call you the energetic one. Hmm. And I go, wait, 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 wait. And it bothered me going, not the holy one, <laughs> not, not, not the anointed one, the energetic one. So maybe you're right. Maybe that was my gift. Take maybe it. that's what I'm called, the and energetic one. And it's contagious. One. Yeah, I think uh, seeing somebody do the thing that they're passionate about and to see something. Like on Sunday mornings, people love what you do in the, from the pulpit, you know, because they're just saying, it's just your passion coming out and you get excited about it and you go, you know, you'll go on a rant and they're like, okay guys, sorry about Settle that. Down. You know, well, the same thing I was saying a while ago and I know Josh kind of frowned, probably a good thing to share. But if I was a professional boxer, uh, 
because I, I I'm an armchair uh, coach all the time when I watch boxing. I go, come on, come on, you're losing the fight. I mean, if I was a professional boxer, when that first round started, I would come out and I'd throw everything I have at you until I didn't have a breath left in me, man. Because again, my philosophy in life is if you're going to do it, do it with everything you have or don't do it at all. Yeah. I see some guys when I watch professional boxing TV, I think, what are you even here for? You know, you're losing the fight and you're going to sit there and, and and walk around and dance around. I mean, if, you, if you're going to lose the fight, lose with some class. Either knock the guy out or get knocked out yourself, but go well, for it. Show me some passion. That's another uh, thought about commitment. Sometimes you can overcommit or you can be so committed that yep. you end up losing because you're, those guys had a plan, right? They came out on the, they came out to the fight and they said, okay, my plan is to wear this guy out. I'm not going to throw any punches, but after the 12th round, you know, after the 11th round, it's in the 12th round. You they're, still, yourself out. they're still committed to that plan. You know, at some point you got to take a punch. You got to throw a punch. Right. Yeah. Well, you, well, you, well you, yeah, go ahead, Tom. You know, pastor, I just want to talk about, like you said, what are passion killers? And I'll, and I'm going to say this and I don't want to open up the can of worms, but it might. <laughs> is that you have to take care of maybe past failures or trauma. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, because if maybe something didn't work out, sometimes you got to go seek counsel. Mm. You know, I, I remember I had a marriage that didn't work out, and that was a big deal. I remember sitting down with pastor one time because, you know, there was a thought of coming to the ministry, and I was realizing there was a scripture that says be the, uh, the, the husband of one wife. I'm like, well, I can't do that. Then he explained it to me. Now, if I'd have kept that thought in my head, and I mm. wouldn't have at least said it to pastor. He goes, no, no, you got that scripture wrong. You know, because I heard pastors say, hey, you ever thought about going to ministry? I'm thinking, well, I can't because I'm disqualified. But then when I finally came out, I said, you know, pastor, this bothers me. I need to say this. So sometimes you've got to be able to reevaluate. You got to talk about it. I I deal a lot with first responders that have had trauma. And the one thing you try to get them to do is talk about the trauma. And I know it's difficult, but Mm -hmm. the minute you get to do it, it starts to pour out. And then the, the Bible says that if you need something, go to the mm. confess your sins, confess something, talk about it. So I, I think if you're there, you know, you've got to think, hey, I've got to fix something that may have been a problem before. And I'm not saying fix it, like be done with it, but at least say, I need a new perspective. I need to don't see the problem, see the possibility. Yeah. Well, how many people don't go to the doctor because they're ignoring that yes. pain or and it doesn't go away? That, that inconsistency. And I don't know if you were saying this, Tom, but I've seen people before that are very passionate about something. And then they have a failure. Something yeah. happens, and they just they just set it aside. And, and they poo-poo everything in the future. Yeah, they do, and they just kind of give up yeah. without going to get counseling and saying, "Hey, I got to get back track and get and, my passion yeah. back." And sometimes that could be the igniter. Well, what's so sad is you see people will, that will get off track, and then they'll say, "Okay, well, just one more, you know, one more step off this path is okay. It's not a big uh. deal." And then all of a sudden, uh, it's like the cow we saw on the way up here uh, a few weeks ago. We saw a cow. It was stuck on the side of a cliff. Uh, and we're like, how on earth did he get there? And you right. said, he just grazed and grazed and grazed and looked up one day. <laughs> that's and he was in a really he dangerous down, spot. Yeah. And, and that's what happens to so many people. The devil's smart, right? He's going to put little uh, breadcrumbs or little uh, sugar cookies in front of you until, until you get to the point where yeah. you're like, oh, one little cookie's not bad. Ah, two's not terrible. Three's not bad. And then all of a sudden, you're on the side of a cliff and you have nowhere to go. It's because you you got in that place, and you can always turn around. That's the thing, right? Yes, this is. cow couldn't always, turn around. Well, the cow couldn't. The cow <laughs> could not hey, turn around. Hey, he but he did, right? I don't know. I guess he did, or either fell to thought, his death. We thought for sure he's still going to be there. Uh, he was in such back, a tight place. Gone. I think the only way that cow could have got out of that 
is by backing up. By miracle? I, I don't think he could have turned around. God sent an angel down and grabbed him. Maybe he was abducted. I don't know. Now, let me tell you another characteristic <laughs> I see in passionate people. They use passion as a tool, and they don't let passion control them. Yeah. Mm. And there's a big difference. That's interesting. Uh, I was reading an article the other day, and they said there's a big difference between mm. winners and people who have to win. Mm. There's a difference. People who give it everything to win, but they don't have to win. It's not part of their identity. And so when they lose, they congratulate the other person. You were better than me today, dude. You were hot, you know. And so I think that's mm. pretty good. We have to control our passion, not let our passion control totally. us. Totally, because some people can allow their passion to lead them really far off the path. They, yes. uh, this guy, this writer of this book I was sharing with you earlier, this War of Art, Stephen Pressfield, he said that originally Hitler wanted to be an artist. You know, he went to art school. And he wanted to be this artist, but then he became who he, he became. But they rejected him. They did. They yeah. said he wasn't any good. They did, yeah. And so, uh, you know, instead of just using that as motivation to double down, this guy goes the opposite direction, and he's passionate, but he's passionate about all the wrong things, and it leads, you know, to what it led to. So it's just it, you can easily become an angry well, person. You know, I right? kept listing things, and I, I said something else too that I've seen in compassionate people that they kind of have a sensitive heart, too, because compassion and passion kind of interrelate. Now, on the way up here, we saw a dog, and Josh has a very uh, passion, compassionate heart for the dog, and that compassion led him to passion. He went out and got bit a while ago, trying to pick that <laughs> puppy up because we felt so bad for him. And that uh, was the end of his compassion. Yeah, and, <laughs> and going back to that and combining that idea with defining moments. I wasn't um, fully committed. I once was watching a video about girls who were being sex trafficked. Mm. And, uh, 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 you know, and I, the camera scanned across one girl that really caught my attention because she reminded me of my granddaughter. And she looked so sad. And it was almost like in my imagination, I could see that young girl going, help me, kind of tears in her eyes. And, and I, I got so passionate about this sex trafficking. And, and we got to go back in today. And we were working with somebody for a long time, and we're not now. Uh, orphans, when we went over on one of our trips, it was just a, a moment, but we were at an orphanage, and a little orphan came over and laid their head on my shoulder. Mm. And all of a sudden, my heart was stolen. And that's why we're now, how many orphans do we have? Like 400. Mm. I mean, that, that compassion for that baby laid their head on my shoulder uh, caused me to have passion about mm. uh, Africa and about our missions and everything. So, And I could go on and on. So I think another characteristic of passionate people are they have a sensitive heart. They, they stop and they look at things. And, and they're not couch potatoes. They get out and they have defining moments. And then, of course, spending time with God. God will birth us with passion Absolutely. for his purposes. And when yeah. we receive the love from God, it gives us love for the others. It does. Because God cares about them. And yeah, we're yeah. supposed to be passionate people. He made us that way. Um, can I end with a note that I wrote sure. two years ago? I think sure. it's really applicable. I wrote this two years ago, and I just found it today. Some people think that success means having a good reputation. Some people think it has to do with money, local celebrity, or higher education. Those things aren't bad, but one day you will become an old man or a woman. And when you get there, who will you be? And a better, more practical question is, who are you today? You know, and I think about what's, what's the difference between people that become in character somebody who can be relied on, who can be uh, approached for wisdom or you know, respected. And I think that the difference between somebody like that and somebody that doesn't have that is somebody who's intentional uh, and, and focused on their passion. And I might say too, what will really stir up passion in some of our listeners today is to keep this thought in mind. What do you want your loved ones saying at your funeral? Yeah. 
what do you want him saying? True. Let's get on it today. Yeah. Let's be passionate about it. I was looking at my little girl, three years old, man. I'm 42, you know, and so she's going to get me for, for a few more decades probably, but who knows? But I just need to make sure that every single moment that I spend with her and, and the older one and my wife and, and my friends, like I need to make sure those moments count. Yeah. Let, let's get passion out there. Okay, folks, let's get passion. Uh, let's expose ourselves to some things that God can build passion in our lives for because there's a lot of needs out of, out there. And if we would all be passionate about at least one need, we could get this job done that and God has that for us. That thought under. about the little girl, uh, the on orphan shoulder. laying oh, her head gosh. on your shoulder, that made me think that she needed love. And there are millions of people out there that need love right now. They need a shoulder to put their head on. So if on. you're having a hard time thinking, what is it? That's probably a good place to start. Right? I agree. And a good place to them. Yep. All right. Love you guys. Love you guys. Yeah. Happy New Year. Sunshine, you got your daddy's ring.